What's going on, everyone? It is Sunday, September 4th, 2016. I'm Gary. I'm Josh. Let's talk soccer. Josh, we are back. Our second Sunday now of having our podcast going on, and I think I like this. Yeah, I like it too. It's nice having it on the weekend, right after the BPL matches. Unfortunately, there weren't any this week. There were not, and I missed it a ton. I found myself getting up early on both Saturday and Sunday and not having any football to watch, and that was a bit of a bummer, but I am looking forward to next weekend a bunch, maybe just not not quite as much as I was, say, two or three days ago. Yeah. Um, and the reason is named Sergio Aguero. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that in a little while, but we definitely need to do a deep dive into the summer transfer window now that it is closed. But first, whoever's out there listening to this podcast right now, thank you for listening to the Let's Talk Soccer podcast. If you want to interact with us beyond just listening to this podcast, you can, and we will reply. And if you ask questions or make comments related to the podcast, we will read them on air. So you can reach us in these ways on Instagram at Let's Talk Soccer. On Facebook, just search for Let's Talk Soccer 2, and that's the number 2. On Twitter, we're at Let's Talk Soccer 2. And on YouTube, you can just look for Let's Talk Soccer, and you can always email us as well at letstalksoccer2 at gmail.com. And for those of you who have been listening and are listening to the podcast, we do appreciate it more than you'll ever know. And if you could please subscribe so that you make sure every week when we put out a new podcast, it just automatically downloads. We would love that. And if you could also tell your friends to listen to this as well we want to keep building our listener base each week it gets better and better and people from all over the world literally are listening to it so we cannot tell you how grateful we are for that so what we're going to do is we're going to break format a little bit we're going to take a really quick early break and we're going to come back with a little bit of a surprise and a guest to join us in our breakdown of the summer transfer window so we will be right back We are back, and on the line, we have a special guest. We have Joe, Josh's best friend, on the phone with us. Hey, Joe, how's it going, man? It's, it's, it's good. How about you guys? Excellent, excellent. We're glad that you could join us. We're going to talk pretty extensively here about um, the summer transfer window now that it's closed, and we know that you have a lot of interest, especially in the Premier League, so we figured you know, we'd want to go ahead and get your take on things. So I think what we're going to go ahead and do is we are going to go alphabetically, team by team, and we will go ahead and talk of any any notable um, additions to the team, any notable exits from the team, and then we can, at least for sort of the larger teams, maybe we'll give a bit of a letter grade, you know, A through F, in terms of how we think they did um, in terms of shaping the team over the summer. So, that sound good? Yep. All right. Josh, good with you? Definitely. All right, guys. Here we go. All right. We're going to go ahead and talk Arsenal first. 
believe it or not, Arsene Wenger actually spent some money this summer. Um, and one that I had forgotten about because there was so much going on at the end of the window was the addition of Granit Xhaka. Uh, big, big signing. Great defensive midfielder. And I'm just happy that he finally spent some money. He, he did. He didn't spend pretty basically any money last year, so it's nice that he's finally doing something. Right. And then, you know, uh, towards the end, uh, recently towards the end of this transfer window, he added um, players like Perez um, and Mustafi. So he's trying to make some additions to the team. You know, to help them get to help them sort of get over the hump and and win the league. You know, come in first place at some point. I don't know that that these additions are going to do that though. Everybody's been saying for years now that he needs to add a true striker to his team, but I, I, I would ag- go I ahead. Would agree with, I would agree with everyone else. I mean, Arsenal they need some attacking men. I mean, they have Ozil, but he's more like an assister, like. They really need uh, just a big guy up front just to lead the team and get some goals. Absolutely. Um, Josh, what do you think about that? They get Perez over the summer, which it's fine, but he's not a proven striker at all. And that's who they need. I think so. You know, I was thinking of a of a striker, you know, a, a world-renowned striker that they would bring in. Yeah, definitely. If, if everyone, if they could choose from any striker, like any striker in the world, who do you think would fit them best and help them the most? You know, I could have even seen, I mean, there are certainly, you know, the big name strikers like a Luis Suarez or someone along those lines. I don't know that they could have gone and gotten yeah. him. And certainly Wenger wouldn't have paid, you know, the money that Barcelona <laughs> would have wanted for him. But even someone like Cavani. Yes. Or, or someone along those lines that they could have gone after. Yeah, just someone that would help them. Even, I think yeah. Jamie Vardy would even be better than uh, Lucas yeah. Perez. Well, you know, they were interested in Vardy once upon a time, and he turned that down. Um, you know, maybe Perez, you know, hopefully he was scouted well, and he'll be able to, to get the job done. But I don't know. If I'm an Arsenal fan, I'm not sure how excited I'm going to be about this. Out of all the people... I'm like, even, like, even, I mean, although he was old, like, Ibra is still a good player. Like, yep. like but the problem is, to, I think if they wanted to get him, they would have to spend a lot of money, and I don't think uh, he was up for that. I think you're right, and I think that there's something, too, about Manchester United that was tempting to Ibra as well. I think for him it was sort of Manchester United – or nothing, or maybe it was something, but that something would have had to have a lot of dollar signs connected to it. So I think it's sort of ego and bragging rights for Ibra to go to, to Manu as well. A lot of great players have been through Man U, so maybe he just wanted to be added to the list. Of course. Uh, yeah, I think so, um, to be remembered for that. Ronaldo, all, like, all these great stars, you know, they start out there and they just blow up after that. But, yeah, he probably... Just wanted, maybe wanted to get added to yep. that list. So along with some notable additions to the team, there were some notable exits from <laughs> Arsenal as well. We have Thomas Rzyski, who went to Sparta Prague on a free transfer. Joe Campbell left. Callum Chambers left. And then most notably, I would think Jack Wilshire left to go on a one-year loan to Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of house cleaning for Arsenal. I overall, I don't know how I feel about 
their rating, their grade, um, as far as this transfer window goes. It's nice that they spent some money, I, but I, I don't know. Feel, I kind of feel like if you're going to, you know, release some players, put some players on loan, you need to spend a little bit more money. You can't just release players. I mean, I understand maybe he could be scouting someone, but I mean, when you just free up cap room like that, you, you kind of have to make a move. Right. No, I agree. I agree. This is, you know, I think it's uncomfortable for whatever reason. Wenger's not wired to want to spend money, um, but you kind of have to if you want to win this league. And he did spend a little. I just don't know if it's enough to get the job done. So for me, I give, because I'm undecided how I feel about this, I give them a C as my grade. Yeah, pretty close to that. I would give them a B minus. Okay. What about you, Joe? I would go with um, a C. Okay. I really think they should have spent a little bit more money. Gotcha. All right. We're going to move down the list alphabetically, and next up is Bournemouth. So, you know, probably first and foremost for them, the importance is not so much trying to win the league, but just stay out of the relegation zone. Try to get mid-table as much as possible. So some notable additions, Jordan Ibe, who had a pretty good season for Liverpool last year, um, and then the uh, previously mentioned Jack Wilshire. So a couple of nice, and then some other players, but, but those are the notable ones, and those are some nice moves for Bournemouth. Um, and no, no, one, no one super, um, you know, notable that left yeah i think bournemouth i think what they're trying to do is after not being so great in the past few years i think they're slowly just trying to build their team up and try trying to get at the top of you know the premier league so i think they're they're on a run they're up to something but nothing quite that soon yeah um josh your thoughts um i think it's a great signing of jack wilshire if he can stay healthy, he'll be great. Yeah, that is right. Um, probably, he will probably won't, though. He's got something to prove. If he yes. can, he's got something to prove. Yes, that's the main thing. If he stays healthy, they'll probably be fine. Yep. So, you know, I think Bournemouth, I'm going to say good on them for for making some moves and getting some players that either are showing promise or, you know, have proven themselves to be ballers in the past. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give them a solid B. Yeah, I'm also going to give them a B. Joseph? I like what they're up to. I'm going to give them a B plus. There you go. B plus for Bournemouth. Um, next up is Burnley. Don't really have much to say. I'm not super familiar with um, the players that they signed. I will say Joey Barton left on a free transfer to go to Rangers, which is probably good for them. A little bit of dead weight. He just seems to collect cards um, more than anything else and getting ejected from games. So um, I will not give a grade to Burnley because I haven't really been able to assess much of their movement. So let's move on to the C's, and we're going to hit on Chelsea. Now, we know that Conte, the manager, has made a lot of moves, and and Chelsea so far is looking sharp. They've got all nine points in their first three matches of the season. So, in terms of additions, they've got Bacui on a £33 million transfer, N'Golo Conte from Leicester City on a £30 million transfer, 
They've got Marcus Alonso, and then relatively last minute, actually on the final day, um, on a 34 million pound transfer, Davi Luiz comes back. So um, interesting that that he's back in Chelsea. I think he's got to be excited <laughs> about that. And then in terms of exits from the team, we've got um, Salah, um, who was on a loan to Roma, and they just Roma sort of officially now signed him as a player. Um, and Quadrado um, goes to Juventus on a loan. So I would say overall, Chelsea is looking strong. Yeah, definitely. Letter grade wise, uh, I would give them an A minus. I think they did really good business. Yeah. Uh, only kind of dumb thing is Quadrado yeah. actually went on a three-year loan. Yeah, I don't know why at that point you don't. Well, I guess there's always the opportunity to call, recall him if you mm-hmm. want. And maybe they're thinking a little more experience and he might be something worth bringing back. I'm honestly a little bit surprised that they did not go after a striker. Mm-hmm. Um, Costa has been playing well. He's a lot more fit than he has been in previous seasons, but um, I don't. I don't know. I would have liked to have seen that. So I'll go ahead and say A minus for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have to say a B. I mean, I feel like David Luiz. You know, he went to PSG for a few years, but I felt like you know that was Chelsea is kind of his home. I feel like he's going to perform better than he has in the past. I feel like he's going to be better. I'm going to give. But, you know, being with Chelsea, he still has to get, like, you know, used to them again. Right. So, still, you know, just a regular B. Okay. Cool. All right. Moving on to Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace is actually quite busy, this transfer window. Coming in, they have Christian Benteke, Andros Townsend. We've got Steve Mandanda and Loic Remy. And then on the way out... Some some names that actually I sort of always associate with Crystal Palace. So this is going to be interesting to see in the dressing room and among the fans how this affects them. Balassi, Dwight Gale, Jednak, Shamak, Adebayor. You know, you've got some, some players that used to sort of be, you know, uh, part and parcel with, with the Crystal Palace name. So they've lost some some players that have contributed for them in the past, but they've gained some. Which is good to see. It, may, they're really, it looks like they're really trying to make a move. So based on that, I'm going to go ahead and just the effort alone, I'm going to give Palace a B plus. Yeah, I'm also going to give them a B plus. I think they did some really great work uh, signing in players, but it sort of, sort of lets them down with the players they've lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Joe, what do you think? Um, I would give Palace... Probably a B. Just, I think they're just going to do all right, just like they've done in the past. Just kind of stay consistent. All right, guys, let's go ahead and we're going to move on to Everton. So um, let's talk first about some of the big players they lost. Um, First is John Stones, which went to Manchester City, probably the biggest of them. Of course, closer to our hearts is Tim Howard goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team and now playing for the MLS in Colorado. Those were some big losses for them. Coming in, we have Yannick Bellassi, who we just talked about, came in from Crystal Palace, Martin Stecklenburg, Enter Valencia, Ashley Williams. So Everton's making 
a little bit, and they were actually in the bid um, with Spurs up until the last few minutes for Musa Sissoko. So Everton's go ahead, and you know they're trying to make some some moves here. Um, I just don't know. They can't seem to get out of their own way sometimes. Um, I don't know that these moves will will get the job done for them or not. They certainly have some very talented players. It just seems like more often than not, um, all of the players aren't clicking on all cylinders consistently enough. Um, and being that as it is, I'm going to go ahead and give Everton a C plus. Yeah, I was going to give them a B minus. Uh, they brought in some some pretty decent players. Yeah. But I think the loss of John Stones and also the loss of Tim Howard is pretty devastating. Yeah. I mean, even just leadership. Certainly Howard's getting older and slower. But, um, you know, from a leadership perspective, especially in the back there, mm-hmm. um, I think they needed that voice and I think they'll miss it. Joe, what do you think? Um, I feel like when you're in the Premier League – there's it's kind of tough because unless you're like a top team you know like one of those bigger teams with a lot of money you don't really like you don't have a good chance of getting new players and like signing people like i feel like your luck is just you just don't have it right like so everton they're kind of in the middle but i feel like losing these people may help them free up some cap room so they can get more players or maybe, you know, try to find some – if anybody wants to put anybody on loan. Yeah, not a bad point. What's your letter grade for them? I would give Everton a B. Okay. Wow. You're an Everton fan. All right. We're going to jump from Everton to Hall City. And I'll just say I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to Hall. Um, they are – Definitely trying to stay up for another season in the Premier League, and they've had a good start to their season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the names that I would read off, other than maybe Ryan Mason um, and possibly Will Keane, um, a lot of those other names are relatively unrecognizable. So um, we'll go ahead and just uh, say I can't give them a grade accurately enough because I haven't studied Hull enough. Yeah, my grade is N.A. There you go. Not applicable. We'll give him an, an E for effort. <laughs> that? Mine is, my grade would probably be U, unknown. There you go. Um, we're going to jump all the way from the H's to the L's and start with Leicester City. Now, one of the biggest moves for them was, in fact, no moves at all in terms of Vardy and Mares. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of teams were going after both of them, and they both chose to stay, which is like getting some signings in themselves. I mean, had they lost either one or both of them, they'd be spending a lot more money than they did this summer. They lost in Conte, but at least they kept two of their big three. So I think just the fact that those two stayed are huge moves for them. And these are big deals. So coming in um, from Sporting Lisbon, they have Slimani, which is a really nice addition for them. Um, they've got Musa coming in from CSK Moscow. Um, and they've made some other nice additions along the way. So, you know, other than than N'Golo Conte going to Chelsea, you know, I think overall Leicester City did nice. Are they going to win the league again? This season, I don't think so, but I don't think it's due to a lack of um, poor acquisitions during the transfer window. I just think 
like we've all talked about in the past, that was lightning in a bottle and a you know one in a million shot that they did. But I will say that I'll give Leicester City um, an A minus in their their transfer window. Yeah, I would give them uh, a B plus. Okay. Uh, I feel that the loss of N'Golo Conte is bigger than we all think, uh-huh. and. Last year, he was sort of like the unsung hero. He didn't get the amount of credit he deserved. Yeah. But in my opinion, last year, he was actually their best player. If it wasn't for him, they would have lost all stability at the back, up top, and just the amount of stamina and everything he has. Good point. You know, I would I would agree with Josh because you know everyone you know kind of praised Mares and Vardy for everything they did, and Conte was like he should have been noticed more because like he had the assists, you know, he was the big man, he was like the leader of the team, like he kind of held them together, and like I don't think people really recognized that. So losing him, like Josh said, will be bigger than most people think. Okay. Also, I don't think they will win. The um the win the league again because like you said it, it was a one in a million chance and like you know a team winning it two times in a row I mean you gotta have like good luck you gotta have like everything right have everyone stay healthy right so I don't think they will and uh, as far as the transfer window goes I would you know probably give them a C because wow. they really shouldn't have let Conte go I think. They really should have at least tried to offer him something because he really is under was underappreciated. Okay. All right. Cool. Let's now move on to Liverpool. And here are some notable names that came in. Sadio Mane, Wijnaldum came in, and Matip came in. And leaving Christian Benteke, Jordan Ibe, who we've all spoken about, Joe Allen, Martin Skirtle, Luis Alberto, Colo Torre, and probably the top player in the in the Premier League last year, Mario Balotelli. Yeah, let's go. One goal. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> All right. So, um, really, not so much of a loss. If anything, they were they probably got better just for him leaving. Um, so, this is the now the year that we can say this is truly quote unquote Jurgen Klopp's team. He didn't inherit this. This is his team. This is not Brendan Rodgers' team anymore. It is his squad. Um, I like to think that that these teams that this is going to help them. You know, this is Liverpool's a team where one week they are stellar, the next week it's like they've never played soccer before. It feels like so. It'll be interesting to see if they can get some consistency at a high level here. Um, but I think that these additions, some of them in particular, are strong, and their losses were not too painful. So I'm going to go ahead and give them a B. I actually think they did a lot better than people are rating them. I'm going to give them an A minus. Uh, their losses, even though they did lose quite a lot of people, I didn't think any of those were really that big. Um, Benteke, kind of, except he didn't perform as well as you should but besides that no one really performed and none of those players that were on that list we just named really did much so that's why i think their grades that high okay all right joseph um i would say uh kudos to liverpool i mean freeing up Catherine and getting rid of balotelli that's like 
hand. <laughs> I really um, think maybe they could have got someone, but I mean, I think they'll probably try to rebuild this year. I'll give them uh, a minus. All right. There you heard it. Okay. Um, next up, uh, my team, Manchester City. And probably, I would have to say overall, the two Manchester teams probably had the biggest mm-hmm. summers. Um, coming in for City, John Stones, Leroy Sané, Gabriel Jesus. We have Gundogan, Claudio Bravo, and Nolito. Not a bad set of additions going out. Eden Zeko, Bonnie leaves, Nasri leaves on loan, thank goodness. Dee McKellis is out, and also Joe Hart goes on loan to Torino, which in my opinion is a career killer for Joe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's going to come back from this. But overall, some... Really nice acquisitions for Pep and the gang, and I'm going to go ahead and give them an A. I also agree. Uh, An A is very respectable. Uh, All of their signings have been very big, and all of them have improved their team in some way. Also, the players that they've got rid of, Samir Nasri, Joe Hart, uh, they did not really give a big use, especially Mm -hmm. Joe Hart. Uh, And I think they did a great job in this transfer window. All right, Joe. I think oh, I also think that they did a good job in the transfer window. I mean, they're a big team. You know, they've always kind of been at the top of the table. So, getting these new additions, getting these people who like may not necessarily start, but may get better in the future. You know, I think like like good for them. Like, I'd give them an A as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're definitely, you know, they drafted um, some more experienced players and then some younger players, too, with a look to the future, which I think is smart. And I'll say that, um, that you know, across town, I think that Man U did the same thing, and it's smart um, for both of them. Speaking of Man U, um, additions. Paul Pogba, you might have heard of that. It was a little, little publicized move. Um, you might have heard of that. You might have also heard that a guy named Zlatan Ibrahimovic mm-hmm. came to their team. Eric Bailey, Henrik Mkhitaryan, um, and then on the loss side, Adnan Janazai, uh, Victor Valdez, you know, and a few other names. You know, I do like Valdez actually. I think he was a great goalkeeper. Um, but you know, their acquisitions are much greater than their losses. And I'm going to go ahead. And as much as this pains me, I'm going to give Man U an A+. I heavily agree with you. All their signings have been amazing. Pogba being one of the main ones, as all of them actually are. Uh, he hasn't performed yet, but I definitely think he will perform. Uh, Eric ba- uh, Bailey, or Bailly, however you like to say his name, uh, great defender. Yeah. He's basically made De Gea not have to do anything this season. Ibra's already scoring goals, and Mkhitaryan, haven't really seen very much of him, but I hope he brings a lot into the season. Absolutely. Joe? Um, I uh, have always kind of been a personal fan of Ibrahimovic. I think it was good for him to move a new setting. He's never really been that loyal anyways. Um, like, putting him in a team with Pogba and, you know, having, like, De Gea and Mkhitaryan, having all these, like, new fresh guys on the team. I mean, although they're old, they're still 
you know, there's they can they still can perform well, and I think that that Man U can win the league this year. I'm gonna give them an A. Okay. Next up, Middlesbrough, who made some pretty sizable moves for a club this small in their first year back in the Premier League. So we've got the addition of Alvaro Negredo, who has spent some time in the Premier League prior and was pretty successful. Callum Chambers comes in. Victor Valdez, that we just mentioned. Brad Guzan, also goalkeeper for the U.S. Triore comes in. So many, many more ins than outs with Middlesbrough. And for the sheer fact alone that they had this much activity and this many notable names... I'm going to give them an A minus. Yeah, I was also going to give them an A minus. Um, not just the fact that they made some pretty amazing signings for their standard, yep. but also the fact that they only lost two players is really good. Yeah. And those two players probably aren't going to be very useful. Right. So I think just great job for Middlesbrough. Being a small team that, you know, I haven't really heard of that much. I mean, <clears throat> sounds like they've done good. I mean, Coming back into the Premier League, I wish them luck, and I, I hope they can, you know, do well. So, since I don't know too much about them, I I, I don't really have a okay. opinion on okay. the transfers. Gotcha. All right, next up is Southampton. Not many notable names coming in. Some notable names leaving, though. Sadio Mane, Graziano Pele, Wanyama leaves. You know, so I haven't paid a whole lot of attention to Southampton either, so I will give them an NA for not applicable. Yeah, I'm also going to give them an NA. Don't have much to say about Southampton, NA. All right, and I'm actually going to say the repeat for Stoke City as well. Other than good on them, they've got Joe Allen coming in and Wilford Bonnie, so they might get a little bit of assistance there. But NA from me for Stoke. NA for me. And a from me as well. Okay. And Sunderland, I'm going to give the same grade, although I will give them a shout-out for adding players like Patty McNair, um, Jabal Gigi, however <laughs> you pronounce that name, um, Stephen Pinar, Adnan Janazai. So they've made some good moves with that, um, but I'm still going to give them an N.A. I can't accurately assess yeah. Their draft. Or yeah. Their, their transfers. Yeah. Same here. They just, okay. it's hard to assess that. Okay. Me as well. All right. And we're also going to do that on Swansea City. So let's go ahead and jump to Spurs. Um, they had some activity, especially very, very late, like the final seconds of the transfer window. So notable names coming in Victor Wanyama. And Musa Sissoko. And Sissoko was that one who literally signed, like, at the deadline. Leaving, we have Nasser Chadley. We have DeAndre Yedlin. So, and Ben Taleb. So, you know, some names that are known, but I don't think huge hits. I'm going to go ahead and give Spurs a B plus. Yeah, I'm also going to give him a B plus. Uh, I really like the signing of Musa Sissoko. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a really hard worker at the Euros. And in the final, he pretty much was uh, France's only good player. And he was the only one who really performed. And I am, I'm really happy he gets to be back in the Premier League. 
where I think he belongs. Yep. I'm also going to – I said I'm going to give him a B plus. Okay. Uh, I'm also – I think Musa Sissoko is actually a little underrated. I mean, he, he has some talent, and, you know, for the Spurs to get him – or, yeah, for the Spurs to get him, I mean, good job for them. Uh, in the transfer, I'll have to give them a B plus. Okay. Very nice. All right. The final teams, all of the W teams, we are not going to go through and assess other than to say that Watford, just from the sheer amount of names on the in and out list alone, seem to have been the busiest team um, during the transfer window. So good on them for really trying to secure another season in the Premier League. But I don't think that we either have the insight or the time to assess Watford, West Brom, or West Ham in all of this. Um, But West Ham was also quite a busy team, especially on players coming in. So, Joseph, we want to thank you for your time, your insight, and your well-thought critiques of these teams. Okay. Thanks for having me. Until next time. Goodbye, Joe. Goodbye. All right. And we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. All right, guys, we're back, and thanks again to Joe for hanging out with us for a little bit and giving us some really brilliant commentary. We're going to go ahead and move into the digital soccer portion of our podcast, and something that happened in real life but definitely affects anyone with a fantasy Premier League team is the suspension of Sergio Aguero for three matches, starting with the Manchester Derby this coming weekend. Painful, painful, painful. (laughs) So aside from what this is going to – how it's going to wreck me watching the match itself, this also hurts our fantasy team because we had Aguero starting alongside Ibra up top. Uh, Yeah, they're just a – Aguero is a very good player. Uh, It's – even though I'm a Man U fan, it – it hurts inside that he's not going to be with us for three matches for fantasy. But on the bright side, it just gives us even better chances of winning the Derby. So, Well, yeah, us meaning you and Man U. You know, and I think, unfortunately, this hurts. This hurts the Premier League, too, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, just that without him being a part of the match, I think there's always a, that little asterisk now that discredits the um, the competition a little bit if Man U win. And, you know, there'll always be that question of what if mm-hmm. he were in the game. Um, but that's the way sports go, and I get it. It's just unfortunate that this has to happen now. So we need to talk about, and we want input from all of our listeners, what are we going to do about this on our fantasy team? We've got him there for three weeks. If it was one match, I could say, all right, let's just suffer through it and go without the points. But three matches is a long time. So do we trade him and bring in a new transfer and then go back and, and reacquire him afterwards? What do we do? Or you had a great suggestion. Do I, do we change our formation where we don't have two players on top? We have... Um, we just have one lone forward. Um, I find it best to get. Um, I thought we were going to play a four-five-one, uh-huh. and only have Ibra up up, up top. Okay. Um, 
I don't know, though, with defenders, because obviously defenders don't get very many points. Right. So it's a bit of a questionable move, but I just hope that he will be okay this coming up uh, when he comes back. Yeah. So here's sort of the team that we have right now. Um, We have De Gea in goal. We have Koscielny, Stones, and Espelicueta on the back line, so we need to add another defender. In the middle, we've got Pogba, Coutinho, Barry, and Sterling. So we're looking good there, although we need to add one more. We've got Snodgrass on the bench, but he looks like he might be out um, this weekend. And then up top, we've got Ibra, and we've got Stuani there as well. So, you know... I think we've got to do a little bit of wheeling down. We're not in horrible shape, although I, I think we just need to take – it's a good opportunity to take a look at the entire team and see what we need to do. We've had a lot of great input, especially from our fans on Instagram, on some changes to make. Um, but we definitely need to do some. And actually it brings up a really interesting point and something that I was unaware of until recently. You know, I always thought you got points for minutes played. Um, if you're a goalie for saves and clean sheets, um, if you're a defender for clean sheets, you even get a point as a midfielder for clean sheets, but then other things like goals and assists. And that was about it. And then you could lose points, of course, for things like cards and miss PKs and things like that. But I did not know that you can actually get points for other um, sorts of key plays or key actions in a match. So depending on your position, um, and if your player ranks in, I think, like the top three of these different categories, they get bonus points for all these things. So things like key passes, um, successful tackles, um, clearances, blocks interceptions, um, crosses, um, goals, creating goal scoring opportunities, big chances, things like that. So these are big. So not only do we need to think about, okay, who's going to score goals or give assists or help maintain a clean sheet, but other things like who are, who are these statistical, you know, um, studs out there that are going to maybe help us get a lot of bonus points too. Yeah. It's a very, it brings another sort of uh, view to the to the game, and I yeah. think it's very very interesting to sort of have to go into even more detail yeah. to think about who should I get. I think it does too, and I think what it does is it creates more opportunities for us because aside from the handful of players who score lots of goals or make lots of assists or get the occasional clean sheet and stuff, now we've got we can really see and look at who is. Who's super important to their team? Who touches the ball a lot? Who is instrumental in the ball coming through as the ball is going up the field or back down the field? Things like that. So it definitely, you know, it takes a little more work, but, you know, we don't have to go get the biggest, most expensive players each time Mm -hmm. to help sort of ensure success. Yes. So I think think this is a really good thing. So definitely we will um, want your guys input so please go especially on instagram go ahead and just look for let's talk soccer um or you can tweet us at let's talk soccer too that's the number two but let us know we'll post our team let us know what you think of it uh we've had some nice compliments and we've had some pretty harsh criticisms (laughs) this is just for fun guys this isn't the end of the world so you know leave leave all the bad attitudes at home please we're just here to have a little bit of fun 
and some also some very funny conversations. Some very funny conversations and debates between players. Apparently one of them, his dad was an executive at Manchester City and knew for a fact that Joe Hart was not going to leave the team because his dad is an executive and Pep told his dad. And then um, <laughs> we won't say what, what the other uh, fan said to this guy, but he shut him down pretty quickly. And it, was, <laughs> it was pretty funny. So please send us your thoughts. What are your um, what are your suggestions for um, an Aguero that's going to sit out for three matches? We definitely want to hear from you guys. And then last up, we are going to look at um, the FIFA Ultimate team of the week and this is at foothead.com and josh will take us through this so finally we had some good team of the weeks finally this uh all the big leagues are back and that means we get some awesome players to talk about so uh they are playing a three five two in this uh the two strikers are levin uh levandowski or levin golski i like to call them there you go and sanchez uh both had phenomenal weeks levandowski hat-tricks, all that kind of stuff. Amazing. And Sanchez has sort of been playing that striker role as Giroud is trying to get fit. Mm-hmm. I, I find that a lot better for them. He's been doing well. Uh, the three attacking midfielders are Moutinho of Monaco, Raheem Sterling of Man City, had a great week. Yes. And uh, Thomas Muller, another Bayern Munich player. He actually had a hat-trick of assists, so yeah. even better. Yep. Uh, the two holding midfielders are Sammy Kadira, nice to see him back, mm-hmm. and Ivan Rakitic, yep. one of the more underrated players of Barca. Uh, the back three are Felipe Luis, this guy named Mark Call, who plays for uh, EA Guingamp. Uh, how do you say that? I know that's in the Premier League uh, of uh, Portugal. But uh, it's kind of nice to see, like, little players that not very many people know in the team of the week. And also Chris Skeeto of Zenit. And then in goal is a Greek Greek guy named Karnesis. Karnesis. Mm -hmm. And then he he plays for Udinese in Syria. Yep. And then we've got some players on the bench. Anyone here that's notable? Um, Milik of Napoli. He just transferred. From Ajax, and he's clearly in form, as it this site says. Yep. And it's nice to see uh, sort of some new players that you might not see every day yep. get into this kind of team of the week. Absolutely. So if you guys want to see, you can see the current team of the week. You can see teams of the week from way, way back when. You can collect FIFA cards and all that sort of stuff, um, including lots of legends like Pele. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hullet and all kinds of good players. Um, George Best, all those guys. Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos. You just go to foothead.com. That's F-U-T as in FIFA Ultimate Team, foothead.com, and check it out. All right, guys. We know that um, we spent a lot of time talking about transfers, but it's important, important stuff. We made our predictions on last week's podcast for the fixtures coming up this week, although now that Aguero's out, I may have to change my thoughts about the Manchester Derby. Um, but next week we'll get back more into sort of our usual format with breaking down games and um, talking lots of cool stuff with that, including fantasy Premier League stuff as well. So 
Thank you guys for listening. You can find us on iTunes, in the Google Play Store, and on SoundCloud. You can reach us on Twitter at Let's Talk Soccer 2. That's the number two. On Facebook, just look for Let's Talk Soccer 2. On Instagram, we're at Let's Talk Soccer. And on YouTube, you can look for Let's Talk Soccer. And you can email us anytime at Let's Talk Soccer 2 at gmail.com so thank you guys for listening and for playing with us on social media and until next time we say peace peace goodbye